0: Chapter 5 of Mighty Animals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Matthew Reese. Mighty Animals by Jenny Irene Mix. Chapter 5 The Flying Reptiles. Among the many wonderful creatures flying through the air in those days when there were no people in the world were the reptiles called Pterodactyls. The outspread wings of the largest of these monsters measured twenty feet from tip to tip. No animal has ever flown through the air since man lived on earth which could compare with this in size. Even the bravest among the dinosaurs must have felt some fear when he saw one of these gigantic creatures hovering over his head. An plesiosaur swimming with his neck stretched far above the water, probably had cause for watching warily when a big pterodactyl came near him. For Although these flying reptiles did not eat the big land and water animals, we may be sure they were quite ready at times to do battle with them. Some of these mighty rulers of the air had long and narrow heads ending in beaks a foot and a half in length. These pterodactyls were toothless, but others with short heads and beaks had very sharp teeth, which they put to cruel use when fighting as well as when catching the small animals on which they fed. However, not all of the pterodactyls were large. They varied greatly in size, some being no bigger than crows. But they, every one, had four legs, each ending in four fingers. And because the outside finger of each front leg was fastened to the wing and grew its entire length, these creatures were named wing-fingered. Only instead of using the English words, men have taken two Greek words, pteron, wing, and dactylos, finger, and made the name pterodactyl. The eyes of these flying reptiles were so large it is thought that they may have gone about mostly at night, as do the bats and owls of to-day. But whether the long-necked long-headed pterodactyl went about by night or by day, it was easy for him to see in all directions without turning his body. If he suspected that he was being followed by an enemy, he could look behind him without for a moment stopping his rapid flight forward. This was because his neck was so flexible he could twist it around until the tip of his beak pointed straight toward the tip of his tail for pterodactyls had tails, some of which were very long, others very short, and many of medium length. The long tails suddenly brought it at the end into a shape like that of a leaf. This would lead one to think that they were used as rudders in flying. As he traveled through the air the long-tailed pterodactyl must have been an alarming sight with his wicked-looking head, his wings spreading out on either side of his bat-like body, and his tail stretching far behind him. If such a pterodactyl was a terrifying sight when flying, he must surely have been a laughable one when on the land. For there seems to have been no way for him to walk about except on his hind legs, with his great head curved far backward so as to keep his balance. If he covered the ground very rapidly while in this position, he was certainly more intelligent than he looked. But he probably did not descend to land for the sake of running about, but rather that he might crawl around in search of small animals to eat, and in the thousands of insects, flitting back and forth, He found plenty of daintier food. He may also, now and then, have foraged for a meal of birds' eggs up and down the sides of cliffs to which he could cling with the sharp claws on the ends of his fingers. But it is supposed that the pterodactyl fed mostly on the fishes with which the lakes and seas abounded. Greedily he hovered over the water, watching until a fish ventured too near the surface. Then down would swoop the monster to snap up his victim in his savage beak or, at other times, he may have rowed himself over the water with his powerful wings, using the wing membrane, as does the bat, to grasp his prey and carry it to his mouth. But, to judge from his weight, the pterodactyl was not a very large eater. One species, the head of which alone measured nearly four feet in length, did not weigh more than twenty-five pounds, and his largest finger bones, although two feet long and six inches in circumference, were almost as thin as paper. No one knows just how the pterodactyls raised their families. Perhaps they built nests in which to hatch their eggs, or they may have buried the eggs in the sand where they were hatched by the sun. Some day we shall probably learn more about the family life of these strange creatures, for their bones are continually being found and studied. It was in Bavaria, in the year 1784, that the first bones were discovered. But no one could make out whether they were part of an animal which had lived on the land, in the water, or in the air. Then. Twenty-five years later these bones were examined by Cuvier, the celebrated French naturalist, and he was able to prove that they belonged to some extraordinary flying creature. Since then it has been learned that these winged reptiles made their homes in nearly every part of the world, but they lived in Europe many centuries before they found their way to America. Just how they got there, no one can tell, but once they had arrived they increased greatly in size and numbers. They lived around the inland sea, that was then part of the western United States and in Kansas their bones have been found in abundance. Nor were the pterodactyls, the only creatures flying around that western sea. There were birds, similar to those now living, and there were also other very queer birds with teeth. Then there were myriads of insects like dragonflies, locusts, and moths. But as long as they lived the pterodactyls held undisputed sway over all other inhabitants of the air the world over. What a scene it must have been upon which these mighty rulers looked down as they flew hither and thither! Great stretches of water in which swam sea serpents and other astonishing forms, swampy expanses of land over which dinosaurs walked by the thousands and gigantic crocodiles and tortoises crawled, and amid all this teeming life there was not one human being. End of chapter five recording by Matthew Reese, Davenport, Iowa.